Hey Bliss Seekers, and welcome to your online home away from home. A place where we marry ancient wisdom and modern science, so we dispel the woo-woo of spirituality to help you find authentic health, balance, and bliss. I'm your host, Ari, a specialist registered dietitian, certified intuitive eating counselor, embodiment coach, and modern mystic. I've trained with the world's leading experts in psychology, mindfulness, and behavior change. And I am a recovered perfectionist, overachiever, and self-development junkie on a mission to help you stop being your own worst critic, to finally step into your authenticity, and return to wholeness through mind, body, and spirit integration. This is a place where imperfection is celebrated. So grab a cup of cacao, coffee, matcha, or whatever you fancy, and inhale deeply through your nose and out your mouth, and get ready to live in alignment. You're listening to Align with Ari. Hello, Bliss Seekers, and welcome back to Align with Ari, a place where we celebrate imperfection and where we marry ancient wisdom with modern science so you can live in alignment. Now today's episode, I am really excited to dive into the number one thing I learned as a leading dietitian. I know, sounds pretty intense. It's pretty great and I can't wait for you to hear what it is. So I wanted to touch on what led me to this place of being so curious about bridging spirituality and science and why this work is so important and why it's so incredibly amazing that you are here listening to this because we are in the middle of a collective shift. You might be feeling it. (laughs) I know I am. And it's quite a chaotic time, right? There's a lot shifting around us, within us. And I know in my own personal journey, as a professional, as a clinician, as well as personally on a spiritual journey, being a human, you know, a spirit in a human body, I feel called and I felt called to really bring this wisdom forward. I see my purpose in life as really being the curious one, being the one who does all the certifications, does all the workshops and the learnings and really tap into this firsthand experience to then share about it. I'm also an academic and scientist by training, so naturally my academic brain loves to understand why. Why does this work? Why do I feel the way I feel? Can I perhaps put two and two together? Because of course there are some of us who are who might be skeptics, right? And there are the other ones who, like me, I'm like, well, if I feel better, then great. I'm going to just keep doing it, (laughs) right? But we do live in a world where rational thought is highly valued. So this is why it is a passion for me to really bridge the two together so it can be more widely accessible so that we can all live in alignment and find our soul's purpose and find joy and happiness and ultimately harmony within ourselves and around ourselves with others and the world, a greater world around us. Because we are in fact all connected. 
So before I explore that number one thing that I learned as a leading dietitian in London, UK, I wanted to, you know, briefly walk you through who the heck am I? So I'm, you know, going to spare you the boring details, but in a nutshell, I started my health and wellness journey really when my mom was actually diagnosed with breast cancer. That was a really pivotal moment for me that you know, I realized, shoot, like we are not invincible. My favorite human is vulnerable. And so it's important to honor and take care of this body of mine. And eventually that led me to really lean into my curiosity around nutrition, around, well, I was always active as I was a dancer. Historically, I danced from the age of four competitively for 18 years So, you know, if you know me, I love to dance and love to wiggle, but really it took on its form in terms of like naturopathic, traditional Chinese medicine and nutrition was really where my interest kind of really rooted from. And then fast forward after going to business school and switching gears, I'm a huge fan of changing your mind. I think it's important to explore and see and discover, you know, be curious But I changed my mind and went to science and lo and behold, got into nutrition, a master's program where I became a dietitian. Now, after that, I moved to London, UK because, hey, I'm a Saji. I love exploring. (laughs) So I ended up going to London where I landed my first job as a dietitian at a leading weight loss clinic. Yes. Mm, Cringe. Yep. I know that now. (laughs) So I worked there for about two years. And granted, this was a time where I did my neuro-linguistic programming training, so I did become a much better counselor, and I really refined those skills. And at the same time, this is also where I saw the detrimental impacts of placing a focus on a number and seeing how people's worth was linked to their physical body, which ended up really being disempowering and distorting the truth which is that you are in fact more than a physical body. I remember clients would come into clinic for their appointment to see me and I'd offer them perhaps a cup of tea or a glass of water and they would literally say like, no, 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 no. Run into my office, hopped on the scale and they wanted to kind of know, okay, how much progress did I make? What's my body composition, right? Did I lose this much percent fat, da, 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 right? And it became an obsession. And I saw, I was like, this doesn't seem right. There has to be more, right? There's so much more purpose in life than trying to control this thing and having this external scale dictate how you feel about yourself, right? So something two and two didn't match up. I was like, "Mm, okay. So eventually I did get certified as an intuitive eating counselor, thank goodness. And that really changed my practice. I started doing things differently behind closed doors. You know, we are a weight loss clinic, but I was like, "Mm, that doesn't sit well with me. Ethically, I can't do that. So I started to use intuitive eating principles and really started mental well-being to see that mental well-being was shifting. And it had such a significant impact on the clients I was working with at the time. Eventually, I ended up leaving this clinic because the values no longer coincided with what 
I wanted to do and what I believed in as a clinician, as a human, a fellow human (laughs) working with humans. I was like, "Mm, this is not sitting well with me. So nope, can't do it. So I ended up, you know, co-founding a clinic, a specialist nutrition clinic in disordered eating, eating disorders, and body image, which I eventually trained in all of these things. And at the same time, when I first founded that, I was actually running and leading a dietetic department for an eating disorder hospital, working with adolescents who were suffering with anorexia nervosa. So I was really specializing in mental health, in understanding behaviors, the depth of why we might manifest disordered eating behaviors. And here was so great because I really got to collaborate with leading professionals in psychology and somatic work and psychiatry. So it was like a massive learning curve for me. And I'm so grateful that I did that. And overall, despite this speciality, you know, even in practice, and again, there's, you know, we do need these types of hospitals. We do. I kind of refer to them as like a cast. They offer structure when we need it. It might be really rigid. It might serve some, but it might not for others. It might lead to more trauma in other people's experiences. But again, I can't speak generally. This is just my experience. And I do absolutely see the value in these institutions as well. But what really stood out for me was that the way of recovering and helping people heal their relationship with body, with themselves, with trauma, was really reductive. It was quite reductive and quite rigid. And so we are trying to heal rigidity with rigidity. And I felt like that humanness was missing. And so there was an often, and what we actually know in the research is that there is often a disconnection with faith, with hope, with purpose beyond the physical world. And what we also know is that trauma is stored in the body, right? And part of healing is making peace with emotions, building emotional resilience, releasing trapped emotions. And this was not acknowledged. Now, parallel with this professional development that was ongoing for years, eventually I was also on my own spiritual journey, right? But this was something that I kind of, you know, staying professional, kept it aside, wasn't something I meddled with in my private practice for a while. And there's often this whole thing about, you know, self-disclosure, like don't disclose too much. And it just, I mean, I'm an open book to be honest, but (laughs) really... There was a part of me inside, it was like a tug of war. It felt, hmm, I don't know, right? Felt too conservative. And I think at the end of the day, healing comes from human connection and we need to be able to connect. So alongside, I was a recovering perfectionist. I had subconscious beliefs of not being good enough. Despite the accolades in my profession and my growing business. And so I started seeing parallels between myself and my clients. You know, even though I wasn't living with a disordered relationship with food, there were definitely parallels there in terms of the limiting beliefs that were holding us back. And I started looking into why my spiritual practices were actually helping me from an evidence-based perspective. Because naturally, I'm a geek. I love the science. But I also love the woo-woo, you know? I'm like a woo-woo scientist. They can both coexist. (laughs) And this is what this podcast is all about. And so I was really curious at this point I was quite afraid to come out and talk about the spiritual side of things which was helping me and I can now confidently say I'm a recovered perfectionist I 
truly don't give a shit. Like it is all about authenticity over here, right? I have nothing to hide. I want to be cringe. If cringe means living an expansive life filled with joy, then frig yes, give it to me, right? But I understand everyone has their own barriers and limitations at the moment, but you can get past them too. And so what was kind of pulling me back was like, okay, mm, I can't self-disclose. You know, I am a certified registered professional. Is this aligned? Like, can I actually share the woo-woo? Like, is that okay? You know, it was so all-consuming for me because it naturally was just such a huge part and becoming such a huge part of my life. You know, I actually am a certified yoga teacher as well. And a little bit about my trainings, I've you know, I've trained in like throughout all of these years of professional work, professional development. I received trainings in cognitive behavioral therapy, acceptance commitment therapy, DBT, dialectable behavioral therapy, mindfulness techniques. I'm a yoga teacher. I am also an emotional freedom technique practitioner, which is like tapping and also have trained in internal family systems. So I have a slew of different psychological modalities and spiritual modalities. I've also trained in Vedic meditation and have tried so many, so many, so many spiritual practices as well and continue to explore, which have helped me and have helped my, you know, my extensive clinical practice and what has allowed me to see the incredible transformations that I do see in my clients, in my coaching practice. Now, going back, I was kind of in the second where I was like, ooh, okay, this isn't quote unquote, well, I didn't think at the point at the time, this isn't evidence-based. Can I actually share it? Lo and behold, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go for it. And honestly, the feedback I received was so positive. So definitely another anecdotal piece of evidence that it's always best to be authentic. I experienced a lot of shame that as a scientist, I was doubling into these practices and I couldn't talk about it for a long time, but eventually it became clear that I couldn't ignore it anymore. And you know what? My intuition was in fact always right. So as soon as I started tapping into that and bringing that into the work I did, it's almost like something happened and I honestly can't even put it into words. It's like this expansiveness. It was so many downloads that were coming in. I was like, whoa, I'm starting to see the world and the work that I do. It's so related. Everything is so intertwined, which leads me to the number one thing that I learned as a leading dietitian. And so these underlying problems are not addressed in most dietetic approaches because dietitians aren't trained to do this. And oftentimes, I myself was, we're often afraid to step outside the box, right? This is how we're trained to limit ourselves. And so I refuse to do that. So this is why my clinical practice is so different. It is so holistic. I really do bridge all modalities together to offer a really whole person-centered approach. So then one thing I learned is that your behaviors are a direct reflection and symptom of what's going on underneath. Three things that really stood out about when I refer to underneath, three things really stood out. The first, a low sense of self-worth. Second, not having a sense of purpose or meaning in life. And the third is poor life satisfaction or limited pleasure or joy. So the, if you go back to what it means to live in alignment episode, you will understand what I mean 
by living in alignment to joy and pleasure and finding meaning and purpose in life. So the goal then is not just to learn about nutrition. No, that's merely one of the many strategies that I take in my coaching practice. But actually it comes down to the roots. What do you believe about yourself? And where do those beliefs come from? It comes down to subconscious reprogramming. It comes down to how much pleasure are you experiencing in life? How can you add what I call pleasure pops into your days, your weeks, right? And all of that will lead to increased life satisfaction. And when you find more satisfaction and joy in life, you are less likely then to lean on disordered behaviors, right? Your light comes from within versus relying on external validation. So it really comes from seeing you as a multidimensional being. And that is the number one thing I have learned. And this aligns so beautifully with yogic wisdom, which comes from Vedic wisdom as well, that has been around for thousands and thousands of years. And I want to honor that and honor its roots. This is an ancient science that was lost. And there are people that continue to teach it. And so it's so important to have reverence for where the origins of these sciences. You know, we can go into depth in terms of, you know, <laughs> the wars that went out and how Britain went. And there was a lot of these Vedic texts that were actually burnt and lost a lot of this wisdom, but some of it was preserved. And so we know from those ancient teachings that there are what we call five koshas. And this is actually the basis and what has inspired my aligned framework in my coaching practice. So the koshas are like, you know, think of a Russian doll, you know how there's like one inside the other. So we're actually made up of what is called koshas or sheaths when translated from Sanskrit. And there are five that make up our whole being. So the outer physical layer is the one that you are probably most familiar with, right? That's your physical body. This is the one that has way more, we kind of emphasize way more in our society, right? Think of diet culture. It's like, let's only think about this part. It includes your muscles, your bones, your organs, and the matter, right? Physical matter. What you can see and feel and touch. So this is actually what's most closely related to our sensory experience in the world. Then we move inward and we have what we call the prana sheath. Also known as prana means life force energy or chi, depending. I don't, I don't know how you pronounce it. <laughs> this is the prana layer. This is beyond the physical plane. So this is the energetics, right? At the end of the day, we know we are electromagnetic beings. At an atomic level, Einstein was able to show this. We are made up of atoms and we vibrate at a frequency. And that's when you kind of, you know, when you feel, you can kind of walk into a room and feel the energy or maybe you're with a friend. Maybe he or she feels kind of like low and gives off a very draining energy and you're like, ooh, okay, I'm feeling a bit drained, right? They're giving off a frequency and you feel that because then your frequency matches that. Same time, you have those friends who are like nice and perky and they're like, oh my God, life is great, right? And then you leave there feeling energized, inspired. And that's because they're vibrating at a different frequency, one that then you match and you begin to vibrate, to resonate. 
right? This is prana. This is energy. And so this runs through you. You might not quite be able to explain it, but we're going to have lots of episodes on this as well and the science behind this. It's all quantum physics. Woo, so cool. Love the woo-woo. And so this is actually something in part of the sheath that is beautifully regulated by breathing. And hence why we have what we call in yoga, one of the eight limbs of yoga is called pranayama, right? Controlled breathing, which can also then influence the prana, the flow of life force energy. More to come on this. (laughs) We move inward. The third is the mental sheath. This is the sheath that is associated with the left side of the brain, the sympathetic nervous system, that fight or flight, more reactive part of our mind. And this is linked to activity, right? Our stresses. It is the part of the mind that recognizes our quote-unquote self, capital S self, as separate, as a unique being that needs to take care of itself. We move inward. The fourth sheath is the intellect sheath. This is linked to the right side of the brain, our parasympathetic nervous system, the part of the mind that can remain aware of the thoughts without getting caught up in them. So this is when we practice mindfulness, being an observer, perhaps through meditative practice, right? Looking inward and being curious, asking yourselves, why did I react that way? Why do I still let it get to me this much, right? So being able to be more aware and inquisitive about the self. This is the part of the mind that sees us as connected to the entire universe and everything within it. Then we move inward to the most inner sheath, which is called the spiritual sheath or bliss sheath, which I love Hence why I call you bliss seekers. We're looking to connect to this part. And this is where your authentic self resides. Your deepest layer. The layer of bliss, unity, and the soul. This is when you are connected to source, to self, to your true authentic self. It might be a really hard notion to grasp because it is really woo-woo. But notice how this all interrelates, which just jazzes me up. So when you're able to quote-unquote do the work, do the inner work, inner healing... Right, through all the various spiritual modalities, cognitive modalities, right? So we are thinking mind, body, and spirit, all in alignment. And when we do the work, when we do that inner healing, that is when we can reach the seat of it all, the seat to your soul, your higher self, that pure light inside you. You are part of something much greater. And you're here for a purpose, to live in alignment and to share your gifts with the world. So I wanted to walk you through the koshas because that really encapsulates all of these things that we're going to be exploring so that you can then practically take steps towards aligning all of these sheaths and working with all of them. So you heard a bit of my professional background, a bit of my interest in (laughs) woo-woo things. And this leads me to also what I'm doing now, which is completing a master's in clinical psychology, specializing in the spirit, mind, body, medicine. So really, in essence, I'm researching spirituality, the science of consciousness, and it's linked to well-being. I'm doing this at Columbia University, which is just mind-blowing. 
that an Ivy League university offers this type of program, which is why I really was like, I have to do this. <laughs> My jaw dropped. I was like, there is evidence. I need to know more about it. And this is what this podcast is here to do. So you'll be hearing from incredible experts I've met along the way and that I continue to have the pleasure to speak with on this journey. And you'll also hear from me in some solo episodes as well. So just to wrap up and bring it to a conclusion, the number one thing that I learned as a leading specialist dietitian was that you are more than your physical body and your behaviors. Your behaviors are merely a symptom of what's going on underneath. And in fact, to live in alignment, to live authentically, and to live with meaning and purpose and love and light, to live with joy, and to find true health, balance, and happiness, all of those things, we need to do the inner work. It's related to your self-worth, cultivating a deep sense of self-worth, living unapologetically. It's related to finding purpose and meaning in life, no matter how cringe, weird, or whatever you are. And all of that then, it's also related to your life satisfaction. And living from a place that is guided by your true north, which is joy and pleasure. So I invite you to consider how you can live more with, you know, aligned with pleasure. I invite you to consider how you can add pleasure pops into your day and or your week so you can begin to live one more step towards alignment. Now until then, I leave you with that and I'll see you on the other side. Bye for now. Thank you so much for tuning in to Align with Ari. Now, if you like this episode, subscribe, rate, review if you feel called, and please share with a soul sister you think would love to hear it. And if you're looking for more support, head to arianarodriguez.com where you'll find some free resources, a quiz, my embodiment toolkit, and coaching services for a more personalized approach. You can also find me at Align with Ari on YouTube or align.with.ari on Instagram. Thanks so much for listening and catch you soon.